Welcome back to part two of our breaking up with brokenness, and we're breaking down each topic, and and we're having a series. We're having a four part series because we're going to look at what we need to do, the actual applicable steps that we need to have in order to move in the direction of our change. One thing I forgot to mention in our part one was that. It, the consistency that we're looking for to change our habit is 63 days, which is three months. Carolyn Leaf talked about it takes the first 21 to break the habit, build the habit, and then the third, sustain the habit. So we want to know that it's not going to be just a one day and, and now I don't have to you know push myself or have to be disciplined. But discipline has to be built. It has to be built because guess what? In those unhealthy years of eating, you were building a discipline of doing whatever you want. So in order to reconstruct your discipline, we have to undo and build. We have to tear down and build up. And that's the 63 days. So take it one day at a time. Be gentle with yourself and know that change is possible. This uh, section and segment, we're going to be talking about a relationship change. If you have, if you want to break up with abusive relationships or just relationships that are just not compatible anymore, then this section is the section for you. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for another opportunity to meet with your people to discuss more information about the life you died for us to have. This section is about relationship, Lord. We know that you want us to have a flourishing relationship with you first, then ourselves, and then others. Please bless us and help us, oh God, so that we can be models in the earth of what love and health looks like in human relating. Lord, it's time out for the church, oh God, to be fragmented, to be hurting and bleeding. But we have the healing bomb, which is your spirit and your word. Please help us to apply it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right. All right, so we're going to be talking about relationships, you know, the ship where two people are, are on the, 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 um, the boat together and they are together, you know, kind of like the love boat or it could be either the Titanic, you know, the Titanic went down. So <laughs> you get to decide. You, I'm going to give you some tools. You know if you're on the Titanic or if you're on the love boat. I'm just saying. And the difference is, uh, you know, some people survived the Titanic, but the boat went down and a lot of people drowned. And with the love boat, they made it back to shore. So we want to be on God's love boat. Some of you are too young to understand the love boat, but the love boat, they docked and they came back. So we want to be on the love boat. God died for us to be on the love boat. God loves us. And he knows that we're supposed to be in relationships that are flourishing, relationships that give us Life, health, and strength that are nourishing, that are good for us. And um, so we need to look at that. In a healthy relationship, um, there are some things that we need. You know, the, the habitat of the animals, they need like the air, they need safety, and they need shelter. But I know as human beings, what we need, what we need for sure is we need water, we need food, and we need shelter. And what that equates to is that we need food. We need to be nourished in love. 
We need healthy. We need kindness. We need uh, concern. We need value. We need those things. And water, we need to be affirmed. We need to be in situations where we can grow and become our best selves. And then we need space. We need room to grow. And, and we need shelter. And shelter has to do with safety. So we need to be like in a position where we don't feel threatened, like you're going to walk out on us or the, the sky is falling, the roof is falling. Those are things you need in a relationship. You need a relationship that feeds you and that is that nourishes you with water and helps you to grow and that you need the space, you need the air so that you can rest. That was the other one. You need air so that you can rest and, 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 and be able to have calm. Air is representative of peace. Ooh, child, we were made in Eden where there was all peace. So that is our habitat. In Eden was peace. In Eden, there was food. There was water. There was air. And there was shelter, the place itself. And, and you that's symbolic and, and the type of relationships we need to have with people, our family members, our, our, our mates. Friendships, this is what we need. And when we're lacking in those areas, we're out of our habitat. When fish is when fish are out of their habitat, they die. When when you know we put a bird underwater, it dies. So every place has a special habitat that helps it to live. We have to live in those elements in relationship. Before we would just say, oh, does your heart beat fast? Or are you sexually attracted or physically attracted? And that's all you need. But in order to be sustained, you need these things. We need the, to be able to be compatible. And when we don't feel connected, we have this anxious attachment. It means some of those things are missing. And the biggest attachment, I have to say, as I stated earlier, is our attachment to God. Our relationship with God needs to be intact. And every other relationship models that. God feeds us. God nourishes us. God gives us rest. And God provides shelter and safety for us. So those are the things that are non-negotiable when you're in a relationship. And if you find out that the relationship is not working and there is, is, there is lack, right, then you need to be able to ask these questions so that you can determine if you need to make that move, if you need to get off that ship because what, tur- what started out as the love boat is now the Titanic. You have to ask three reasons why I am want to leave this relationship. What's your why? Or why, why are you in this relationship? What's your why? Why are you in this relationship? Be honest. I'm scared to be alone. I don't think anybody else will want me. Um, what is it? You've never been by yourself. You need the money. Hey, real talk. I need the money. Be honest with yourself. Change involves having a sit down like we talked about last month and being honest with yourself so that you can really begin to look at why you do. What are your core beliefs? What's your paradigms? Why are you doing what you're doing? So you have to be courageous and look at that. Why are you doing what you're doing? And then you have to, after you, after you look at why am I in this relationship, why am I staying, then you have to look at three things that will happen if I don't get out of this relationship. Three or more. If I don't make the decision to get out of this abusive, non-compatible relationship, it's not serving me, it's not creating the best self, it's not the best habitat for me and myself, what's going to happen to me? 
Am I going to compromise? Am I going to continue to be have a low self-esteem? Am I going to continue to be lonely and not feel loved? You know, and there's nothing worse than being in a relationship and feeling lonely and feeling that you're by yourself and somebody's with you. It would just make sense to be by yourself if you're going to feel by yourself. I'm just saying, you get to decide. But you need to look at what's going to happen. Am I stopping the possibility of finding someone who will appreciate me, who will treat me right, who will provide the things that I need, will create a habitat that's suitable for me to flourish in, the kind that God designed for me to have? Hmm. And then you have to think about what's stopping me? Why do I keep going back to the relationship? In abusive relationships, it is known that statistically a woman tries to leave seven times before she leaves. And the reason why, it's kind of like Vegas. You feel like, I've invested so much money at this slot machine. I have to make up for it. I've lost my mortgage, my child uh, savings. I've done all these things. Now I have to try to make this relationship work. I have to make it make sense. And if we live happily ever after, then all the times that I was disrespected, cheated on, beat, neglected, or whatever, it will all make sense because we will live happier, happily ever after. We will be back on the love boat. So you spend a great deal of, a great amount of your time trying to get back on the love boat. And you think if I just hold on, if I just hold on, I will, I will be able to be back on the love boat. Three situations that trigger your setbacks. Sometimes it's that you have a financial need and you get scared and you feel like I can't be by myself, so I have to go back. Sometimes you feel like um, somebody makes a comment, yo, you have all those kids, or oh, you're not married. I mean, oh, you know, it's hard out here in this dating world. So then you feel like, okay, I have low self-esteem. I may not be able to find anybody. Someone makes a comment, or I lose a job, or I gain weight. All of those things, or something happens in my life um, that makes me believe that I'm not valuable. I don't get a, uh, the job that I applied for. People, Other people are walking out on me. So now I have three situations that trigger my setback. Or he's nice to me. He's, he's talking about bringing me flowers, taking me out on a date. Those are all triggers that will make you say, well, maybe it's not that bad here. Maybe I should stay. Or maybe the pastor, you, you know, he wants to go to church and it's Sunday talking about marriage and all these promises are being made that I'm going to change. So that triggers you back into the I'll stay um, mindset. Identify three people that trigger your setback. Identify them. Because sometimes when you're trying to make a change, you'll hear from people who say, well, I, I, um, I just stuck it out. My person used to beat me. My person used to be sexually... Uh, unfaithful or whatever. They'll give you, and let me tell you what God did for me. Well, that's your testimony. God bless you and your testimony. And you have to know that everybody's testimony is different. So even I would admonish people who have had that testimony, be clear that your testimony is yours. And everybody may not want that type of testimony. Everyone is not in line for that testimony. Everyone doesn't have the grace for that testimony. And so you have to think about people that trigger you know, I think about Tina Turner and her movie that triggered your going back. Tina Turner's mother, when she would say, Ike is cheating, Ike has, you know, he's beating me or whatever, her mom would say, well, it's not that bad. Make him happy. Just don't bother him. 
So she would trigger that mindset to go back into the abusive relationship. Be careful about who it is that won't support you and who will try to make you guilt you and make you feel like, well, all relationships are bad. Just, you know, historically, grandpa used to cheat and grandpa used to beat grandma, but look at them now. No, don't be triggered by the stories of other people. You can listen to it, you can pray, and you can examine what do I want? What's my why? Never lose sight of your why, why you want to leave or why you are in the relationship. And then three things that support your goal to be healthy. That might be a therapist. That might be a group. That might be seeing a happy couple. You know, what supports you in your idea that you deserve to be respected? What supports you in your idea that you don't deserve to be abused? Find supportive things and write those three things down. And, and three, three things, actually, it's three things that support your goals. Three things. So that's your heading. Three things that support my goals. And then it's three people that support my goals. Who is going to be there to support my choice? Not tell me what I should choose, but support me choosing what I need for me. And, and who's, who, whose voice, who can I depend on to not try to lead me in the direction of their choice? So that's three and three. And then you begin to write three commitments to yourself. Remember we talked about developing discipline and rebuilding your trust with yourself? What are three commitments irrevocable? I promise to protect you. I promise to value you. I promise to not let people hurt you and berate you and exploit you and use your body, use your mind, use your finances. Whatever it is, make that commitment to yourself because then you're able to protect yourself. You're able to value yourself. When you value yourself, when you believe that you're valuable, remember we talked about all change begins in the mind. When you believe that you deserve to be treated right, you you can commit, align yourself to that commitment, and then you will begin to attract people who understand the assignment. But you have to understand the assignment, which is respect, love, security, nourishment. Remember the things that you need in your habitat? Identify those things you need in your habitat and what that looks like, and then make those three commitments irrevocable. Don't change it because I have to give a little. Make it non-negotiable. Some things are non-negotiable. Some things are, yes, you get in relationships and you negotiate, but you should not have to negotiate your peace, your safety, and your growth, and your calling that God has put on your life. That should be supported. Three affirmations that tell you that you're valuable, that you deserve to be loved, that you're beautiful and you're wonderfully made, and that, you know, you're the apple of God's eye and, you know, you're unique. Find three affirmations and rehearse them. Because what you're doing is you are now bringing every thought into the obedience of God's word. Because along the way, in order for you to be in an abusive relationship, you have adopted the the paradigm and the beliefs that you deserve less. You're not worthy. You need anything. You'll take scraps. You know, people don't have to respect you. Your body is for other people. You have adopted those beliefs. So now, in order to bring those thoughts into the obedience of what God says, 
you have to begin to declare it. So a man think it, so is he. Begin to declare who you are because all of your experiences are declaring who you're not. And so, and the enemy will use people, places, and things to declare who you're not and will make you feel like you're not worthy of a healthy relationship and love and respect and, and to be treated the way God wants you to. God wants you to give people consent to abuse. I mean, the devil wants you to give people permission and consent to abuse you. God wants you to stand up and stand against evil and against anybody or anything that would try to abuse you. You get to break up with anything that is abusive. Anything. Now, I'm not saying if you're married, walk out immediately. You do get to seek counseling. You do get to bring in a pastor. So I don't want to be misquoted in that area, but you don't have to sit there and take abuse. If you're not safe, you need to seek refuge and you need to seek outside source and you need to have a witness and bring this person to the, if you're married to the pastor or to a marriage counselor. And that is your witness that this person does not want to love you in the way that God wants to. And then you can just take steps as necessary if you want to. And then Um, after your three affirmations, find three accountability people, three people that will call you out and say, your self-care is bad. Why are you talking to my friend like that? If they hear you say, I'm so stupid, they'll say, hey, don't, don't talk about my friend like that. I was on the phone with my sister and she said something. I, she said, I suck at birthdays because she called me late. I said, hey, don't talk about my sister like that. And when you find people who, in passing, because your brain doesn't know the difference between a joke and reality, and you don't want to speak those things. She was joking, but it's still not good to say those things. I'm so dumb. I'm so stupid. I'm so lazy. I'm so crazy. I'm so whatever. No, speak life. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. So find people who will hold you accountable to your self-care. I thought you said you were going to get your hair done. I thought you said you were going to get a haircut, bro. I thought you said you were um, taking care of your body. I thought you said that you know, you weren't going to allow this abuse for yourself anymore. Allow someone to bring your words back to you. Not tell you what to do, but hold you accountable to what you said you were going to do. Because sometimes you need that witness to say, you said that you weren't going to be beat upside the head no more. You said you weren't going to allow people to mistreat you and exploit you and use you for your stuff and your body anymore. You said that you were going to try, you were going to value yourself and be the woman and man that God made you to be. You said that. So that's what accountability is. It's bringing someone's words back to them. And then you get to be accountable to yourself because yourself will try to, a part of you will try to go back to that old habit because remember we talked about the brain and how it has memory and it wants to protect and it wants to continue in the habits, even if it's dysfunctional and it doesn't like to change. Well, you get to remind yourself, self, come on here. This is what we're not doing. We made a promise to ourselves an irrevocable promise and commitment to ourselves that we are going to honor ourselves the way God honors us. We're going to first love ourselves. We're going to model the love that we have for, that God has for us first. And then we're going to make sure the people who come into our sphere of influence or proximity are willing to cooperate with the habitation that has already been established by God. They don't get to create another environment because if I go into an environment a relationship that's not made by God. It is the Titanic. It's going down. I'm going to be depressed. I'm going to be anxious. I'm going to have low self-esteem. I'm not going to treat myself well. I'm not going to have the love and the support that I need to flourish. And that's the bottom line. 
We are responsible for our flourishing. After God loves us, we are responsible to put ourselves in a position to be loved by God. Next, we're responsible to love ourselves. And then we're responsible to manage the people who come into our lives to make sure that they're not violating the boundaries that God has set for our health and our loving health. It's that simple. We've complicated it because we'd rather live in fantasy and we think that we only deserve to get by and, you know, we're used to suffering and we're used to not having what we need. So we we sacrifice and we allow anything to go and we, we don't look to flourish. We don't look for nutritious foods and relationships and watering and, and, and growth and, and safety. We're just looking for survival, but God wants us to thrive in our relationships. We thrive with him, we thrive with ourselves, and we thrive in our relationships with other people. No more brokenness. No more brokenness. We don't have to stay eternally connected to dysfunction. We get to change, not change other people, but we get to change ourselves. We need to take all that energy we spend on trying to change other people and change ourselves and protect ourselves, and commit to loving ourselves. We get to do that. We get to, we get to create our own Eden, our own habitation, what makes us grow. Some flowers grow, some plants grow best in the direct sunlight. Some need shade. Some need a lot of water. Some need a little water. But whatever you need, God has supplied it, and it needs to be duplicated. God is, God is patient. God is kind. God is sacrificing. God is forgiving. God is merciful. God is thoughtful. We need those things to become our best self. And if the people in our lives are not developed yet, that doesn't mean that we don't have to starve ourselves and not get it. They need to be en route to learning how to get it, or we need to be en route to getting it somewhere else or giving it to ourselves and getting it somewhere else. And I do know, I'm not telling you to divorce because I know that there's only, for the biblical application, there is, uh, it says, except for fornication and death, we know that, but you do get to separate to keep yourself safe. I'm just saying. You might have to put a pause between you and the person so that they understand that at the bare minimum, be working on being better. Consider me, I need love, I will die. I'm like a plant. If I'm not watered, if I'm not fed, if I don't have air, if I don't have a good place, a good pot to grow in, I won't grow, right? I know one, t- one thing when we're talking about habitat and, and what makes people sick, we went to the zoo for our vacation Bible school outing, and the animals, the lion was drugged. All the, an- the monkeys were just slowed. They were, given, they were not in their, their, their appropriate natural habitat. So they were just laying there. They looked sick and they were calm. And, you know, that's not where they're supposed to be. Some of you are caged when you should be in a place where you have more space. You're being fed the wrong food. You're being, you're not in the habitat that God designed for you to have. And it's brokenness. And that's why you're not happy and you're irritable and you're sad and you're anxious because something in you wants to love and be loved. We were made to love and be loved. You get to examine. Now, I'm not saying give people an ultimatum, like if you don't get it together by tomorrow, but you get to bring it to the awareness that this is how I'm going to love me, and this is how I expect to be loved. This is how I expect to be loved. I'm not making anybody love me. You get to choose, just like God makes us choose. If you don't want to love me like this, you get to decide. But this is what I need. 
It's, it's non-negotiable. It's a deal breaker if you don't want to love me like this. I get to feel secure. I don't get to have to feel like I don't know who I'm with. One day I, you're up, down, sideways. I'm not your enemy. I'm your loving partner. Are you ready to create a habitat where we flourish? We get to flourish, y'all. We get to flourish. Three reasons to be accountable to yourself. Three scriptures that discuss your issues, how you're supposed to love others, how you love yourself. Get in that word and find the mandates that encourage you that you are supposed to love yourself. Look for three victory stories. I know I shared one last at the last um, session. Ruth has a victory session. She wanted a, a better relationship. She actually has a transitional story as well. But those are relationship changes. Jonathan, he made a commitment to David. He was like, I know my, my pops don't like you, but I want a relationship with you. Your God and our relationship, our God and our relationship is important. Find people who have relationships that allow them to grow, to be nourished, to be fed, and to feel safe. Keep your eyes open. It may be in a book. It may be in a movie. It may be people around you. And no, no relationship is perfect because this is not heaven. This is earth. But you should be able to see a semblance of Eden in relationships, and you get to desire that. If you're only around people who have brokenness, then you're going to call that normal. And then that's the thing. There is a situation where if you hang around abnormal and you hang around foolishness, you'll lose your sense of ability to distinguish knowledge. You become foolish when you hang around foolish people. Their thoughts become your thoughts. You become one. Remember the law, the the natural law, the first law of the universe, all things are one. You will become one with that thing. Your vibration will change and you'll be on the same frequency of people who are negative and dysfunctional. Get around people who are functional and change your vibration because when you start treating yourself different and you elevate your vibration, you'll attract different. And then the people who want to stay in that lower vibration of dysfunction and abuse, they have to find someone else to abuse. And it won't be you because you, my friend, my brother, you are breaking up with brokenness in relationships. You don't have to stay broke forever. You can't just, oh, God bless help. Oh, God bless help. God has given us his word and he's given us instructions. We know what we need. You may need more information because my, he said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. You may need more knowledge and then more faith to move out and accept the promises of God. God wants you to relate well and he wants you to have life and have it more abundantly. He wants you to have good relationships and have it more abundantly. God bless you.